Hi everyone and welcome back to B2B Nav. This week we are going to be discussing um, our latest, um, I guess like product launch or service offering, new service offering from BDB, um, which has been lovingly titled Virtual Visitor since, since the start. That's the one thing that hasn't changed and evolved over time. So um, I guess what we wanted to do in this podcast today was give you a bit of an insight into what it's like bringing a brand new product or service to life from an agency perspective, um, a transparent view on some of the difficulties we've had and also where we're up to with the, with the solution as we stand here today, but also bring into life some of the benefits that Virtual Visitor can, um, can offer our existing clients, um, our prospects, and also beyond B2B into the B2C arena as well. Mm-hmm. So, should we start off with what is Virtual Visitor? Do you want to do a go for that one or do you want me Ooh, to? That's a tricky one. <laughs> so, Virtual Visitor is a, uh, as we're calling it, a brand experience uh, portal. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's not a webinar platform. It's not an event replacement. To, um, it's, it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're thinking as well in terms of what it is. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add there? No, not no, for the meantime. I guess, I guess it's good to give the context of where this all came about yep. from, I guess. Um, so uh, at BDB we do a lot, lot of work around physical events and exhibitions uh, which is prior to um, the pandemic and prior to COVID-19 we had um, a portfolio of clients who also attended as kind of a core part of their um, annual marketing calendar various global events uh, exhibitions and trade shows and uh, we provide full integrated services for those trade shows so um, stand design stand build um, graphics uh, digital elements to the stands as well as virtually every other aspect of a stand um, from from build to strike down we we can mm-hmm. offer that um, and as part of the development of that service line so our exhibitions side uh, we were looking as a business to work out how we can bring stands to life for clients in a more engaging manner beyond either just a, a flat render of a stand or a floor plan or whatever it may be and we had this vision of being able to kind of walk people through a stand mm-hmm. I guess was the was the thought process and I've got some friends who work in architecture who are doing this with house builds who are doing this with a mix of kind of virtual reality um, and even you know the full headsets of walking people through their visions of what a house could look like and I thought there was I thought there was merit in that for us to play with that as kind of an exhibition tool to bring a stand to life for a client Mm -hmm. and then February February or March time 2020 uh, I pinged an email to people in the office saying, I think there's something there's something in this virtual space more beyond just selling a stand, but also having something that could work in a complementary mm-hmm. way with a physical exhibition stand. Then the pandemic hit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're not gonna dwell on that today, um, but obviously the disruption that caused to physical events and exhibitions was phenomenal. Yeah. And I think it's the easiest way to, I, I've been describing it as a complete decimation of that whole scene. So all global exhibitions were either cancelled or deferred, subsequently deferred further or cancelled. Um, and I know some events are taking place at the minute, um, but not many. Mm-hmm. So then we saw... Um, the rise of the webinar. The rise of the... <laughs> that's a great way of phrasing it. Yeah, the rise of the webinar. So uh, webinars have been around for how long, Ollie? Too many years to count. So webinar, webinars, for those that don't know, is basically a, a guided presentation online is what I would call it. Um, they would claim it's interactive. It can it can have elements of interactivity, but I call it death by PowerPoint 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's walking somebody through a slide deck, ultimately, uh, with an expert speaker. It can be pre-recorded, can be live. You can take a bit of Q and A at the end, and that's principally it. Mm-hmm. And they, I'm not speaking for everybody. They're typically not that engaging. 
No, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're quite boring. So in the sense of it's not like a round table where you're looking at experts, you're looking at engagement, interactivity. It's much more, here's a presentation, I'm going to walk you through it. Mm -hmm. 40, 40, 45, 50 minutes worth of presentation with a five to 10 minute Q&A at the end, typically. Mm -hmm. and, and most of our clients have been doing webinars for some time. And it seems to be a, a, a great um, opportunity to evidence thought leadership and also to, to, you know, to gain some traction and data because mm -hmm. typically our clients are getting some really good response rates mm -hmm. to the webinars as well. So it's not to say webinars don't have a place. It was just amusing during the physical exhibitions going down that webinars were suddenly thrust to the forefront mm -hmm. and nobody said webinars anymore. Everybody was speaking about their virtual events they were doing. Yeah. Um, so um, we looked at what, the, what opportunities were around in the marketplace around webinars. Mm -hmm. I say we were already doing several of those with our clients. Um, but wanted to elevate the offering further and provide more of an integrated... Yeah, because a, a webinar is, let's say, fairly one-way conversation. Mm -hmm. People can get involved in chat if chat's enabled. People can ask questions. There's always the issue of is there time to ask questions? Mm -hmm. do, we, do they actually answer any live questions? Are they only doing pre-prepared questions live and, yep. and your question doesn't get answered or are there just too many for them to answer? So there is a bit of two-way conversation, but it's primarily one way. So I think one of the, the key things we started thinking about was when a client attends an exhibition, there's a lot more going on. Mm -hmm. There is genuine two-way conversation, and not only two-way, but one-on-one -on -one conversation. So you can go and speak to a representative of a, a company that you're interested in, specifically about how their product services might apply to you in your business, in your situation. And that can really spark interest and help drive things forward. That it's just not possible in a public webinar space. Yep. I think that's one of the areas we're looking at. And then also the fact that people don't sign up to a webinar to go and listen to you talk about products, yep. typically. Yep. Um, but that's a key aspect of what you get in an exhibition space. You might have that interesting content, but a lot of the time the people attending an exhibition are buyers looking for, again, products or services that will be a solution to whatever challenge they're currently having. So it's again, trying to incorporate more than just the thought leadership aspect, which is you know, we all acknowledge is, is very important and a key part of, of the buying journey. Mm -hmm. But going beyond that and, and being able to offer different different uh, tools and, and functionality to people at different levels of that journey, to people that also want to talk to a salesperson, that also want to, to explore products and solutions. I think that's what was interesting about it. So we, we started then considering, alongside our clients and working with them around why do they attend the exhibitions and what were they missing out on if the physical exhibitions weren't, weren't going to be there in the meantime. So a lot of it was around engagement, a lot around brand awareness um, and a lot, of, a lot of lead generation. So mm -hmm. for a lot of our clients where maybe their six events they go to across that year have gone, what were they going to do in the meantime? Um, and webinars, as you say, certainly Maybe t maybe ticks the box from a thought leadership perspective, maybe from a, a loose lead gen perspective, but in terms of that meetings, the engagement, the product displays, and all the other aspects to what you do typically achieve, um, coupled with Zoom Teams fatigue mm -hmm. and people um, being tired of sat behind the, the camera on the laptop on a flat um, kind of interaction, was where virtual visitor was really born out of really because I was convinced I wanted to develop something that was beyond a moment in time mm -hmm. where we didn't want to offer something if you think about an exhibition it goes on for a week or a day or three days you build the stand you strike it down it's gone mm -hmm. um, and for me having more of a perpetual presence where you can consistently invite people into your world and educate them around your products your services um, and whatever it might be um, 
was the, one of the core considerations for me at a time that suits you where you can take control mm -hmm. of it um, and you don't have to be reliant on the ex exhibition organizers telling you when you can showcase your products and services. Yeah. So um, we looked at what was out there in the marketplace to sort of, um, uh, was there anything out there in terms of virtual events, virtual event environments um, that was kind of catering for this, this need and the gap in the market and uh, my, my conclusion was not really. Yeah, I think we, we looked at, I don't know how many different types of, of solutions in this, this sort of space, but most of them aren't that sophisticated. Mm -hmm. At least the ones we looked at, I'm not saying uh, there aren't other great solutions out there, but the ones that we found, we didn't feel like would be a good fit for our clients. We didn't feel like the experience they offered was particularly great. Mm -hmm. Others offered a really great webinar experience, but nothing beyond that. Yep. Um, other Others were just kind of funky and, and hard I to use. There's so many different aspects to it, wasn't there? Because some, some were designed incredibly poorly. So one thing to say on the virtual event space is at the minute, the bar's low, I think. Yeah. Let's be honest, the bar's low. So you look at from a design perspective, which isn't everything, but visually you want to be engaged, you want to feel excited by what you're doing. And particularly in that virtual space as well, you're trying to hold people's attention. Um, so it, it's even more difficult to hold attention. So you've got to provide something that's quite provocative and quite exciting. It's about delivering the, the experience, yeah, yeah. the whole brand experience. Yeah, absolutely. So the design elements to it, but then there was kind of off-the-shelf packages, I would call them. So it's not tailored to you and your needs. It's more like here's here's the virtual event you can have. Yeah. Here's the stand you can have. And there's nothing kind of bespoke to bring the individual virtual identity to life, yeah. um, which was, again, was delivered this quite flat experience, I felt. And then finally was the data side of things in terms of the content you could house there, the data and the insights and the analytics you could gather from the platforms wasn't particularly sophisticated either. And maybe that's because they'd spun out quite quickly some of these things out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be some quite clear gaps in kind of the other... The other um, the other virtual event kind of offerings that were there. For the yeah, because I think if we'd have, um, I can't say for sure, but if we'd have found the perfect solution, yeah. our first port of call might have been how do we partner with them Absolutely. to help bring that to our clients, yeah, yeah. as we've done that with another uh, technology provider in the past. Yeah. But in this case, it just didn't feel like there was anything strong enough that we'd want to want to be able to embark on that together, on that journey together with. No, absolutely. So I think I think a lot of a lot of stories tend to start here that if you can't find it, we'll build it. Um, so that's that's primarily what we've done, um, which is why it's almost difficult in a way to summarise in one sentence what virtual visitor is, because mm -hmm. it does cater for so many different aspects yeah. uh, and provides that longevity and kind of future-proofed solution as well. Um, so we're in the throes of developing our first, um, we've been through various demos, we've probably, I don't know how many demos we've done, we've done a lot of demos haven't we to clients, um, with various demo environments, bringing it to life, but obviously we've been engaged now, we have a strong pipeline of development for you know live events and, mm -hmm. and uh, perpetual platforms that we're building for our clients. Um, and when, you know, when, whenever this goes out, we'll try and share some links to the websites, to some content that can hopefully make this bring to life, because I'm, I'm conscious it, it is a very visual a yeah. uh, very visual yeah, solution and it's very difficult to describe sometimes but um, I guess the easiest way for me to think about it was if you are and we mirror it against events and exhibitions but it can be used for every aspect I guess it could be used for um, innovation days uh, client days training days internal team days but the the easy link really was always the exhibitions yeah. wasn't it I think one of the interesting things that, that to me at least is the fact that when I joined BDB five years ago one of the first conversations I had was about trying to bring a client's 
lab to life how yep. could they bring that to life and i think over the years we've talked about different solutions mm-hmm. here and there whether that's video whether that's uh vr and things like that mm-hmm. whereas with virtual visitor we finally have the ability um to to really help bring to life what what um a client has in terms of like those labs or what other uh, what other equipment or or specialty uh, equipment they might have in their premises mm-hmm. that can help elevate them above um, yep. above competition to show how specialist they are to show their internal processes to show how everything works mm-hmm. without needing to you know get somebody on a flight to come to your actual offices. no but I think that's a big you know the, the, the pandemic certainly has, has thrust this more to the front but I, I personally I can't see it going back to the way it was where people are going to jump on planes trains, automobiles, whatever it may be, spending a lot of money on travel, a lot of money on subsistence, forget the carbon footprint and the sustainability angle to it as well. But also people are continuing to do business from what I understand and from speaking Mm -hmm. to peers and so on. And obviously it's a challenging time at the minute. However, people are continuing to succeed and they don't need to necessarily be face-to-face as often. So I think it'd be more special, more meaningful when you get together with people face-to-face. I think events and exhibitions will occur, but in the meantime, how do you bring those products and services to life? So I think that's where you know the virtual visitor play certainly comes into it. So I guess thinking about the, the live environment we're working on at the minute and bringing that to life for a client, one of the, one of the key aspects for it is for me that it is truly bespoke to them. Mm-hmm. So it, there's no... Um, prescribed models or there's no um, here's what you can have every single aspect of this environment and world that we've built for the client is around them so from the exterior of the building the entrance the walk-up the reception Mm -hmm. um, the thought leadership area in terms of the auditorium where they've got a mixture of live content Mm -hmm. and pre-recorded content Um, so it can cater for all the webinar functionality we discussed earlier in terms of the engagement aspects so polls Q&A, um, live responses as well, because sometimes mm-hmm. I think during webinars you end up with a Q&A at the end when you could have been asking things as you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got that kind of functionality built into it as well. Um, and then meetings are an interesting one. Do you want to, that's been, an inter- that's been, I think that's been a really interesting development point on this. Yeah, so meetings is one that I think we, when we had our first real session on trying to, to plan all the functionality we wanted out, meetings is one that we initially wanted and then didn't think we'd be able to technically achieve. Yeah. But I'm happy to say that we did manage to cross that barrier. So That was a real challenging one though for yeah. me, because I think other aspects of it, you clearly could get to grips with quite quickly, quite easily develop something that was really meaningful for well, clients. We've seen webinar platforms. We know it's possible to give a presentation over the internet. Live chat exists. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we know it's there. The ability to show off products, well, to some extent, that's what a website is. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas having a live meeting embedding, embedding live meeting embedded in your browser yeah. isn't that common and being able to do that so that somebody can say I want a meeting now or at some point later today is but I think that's one, of the, new. that's one of the crucial points though because for a lot of our clients they go to exhibitions to meet people mm-hmm. and I don't mean this from a new business perspective it could be suppliers it could be customers it could be prospects obviously it could be their own team for global businesses coming together at a key exhibition. So the meeting aspects of it was one of the core, not pushbacks, but I guess challenges that was raised from clients, wasn't it, about that engagement? Mm-hmm. How do I get that engagement? How do I get that face-to-face interaction? And it was a tricky one. It was a tricky yeah. one to overcome. But do you want to give a, an overview of kind of some of the options that are now available within virtual visit in terms of meetings and so on? Yeah, so um, at the minute, the way we've, we're working on it is that you've, uh, in this case, got the option to have a number of meeting rooms mm-hmm. Uh, three is the, the number we're currently working with, but the user will be able to go into this environment. They'll be able to engage with a uh, chatbot, mm-hmm. 
to look at the available meeting slots and meeting times that are available and work with kind of increments of 15 minutes in meeting time. So at the minute we're currently working with short meetings of 15 minute slots. You'll mm. be able to uh, look at that, compare it to your own calendar or your own availability. Obviously you, you know your own availability. So uh, let's say you're free at 10, you mm. select that 10 o'clock slot, you click book and you'll get a confirmation email sending that to you. And, and that's all pull it pulled within the platform. Yeah. Which is one of the key considerations for us as well because you've got somebody into this world, your environment, and we didn't want you to have to leave that environment at any point to go out to external software yeah. or even an external window. It was one of my bugbears. I know I was annoying you all with it, but I just wanted <laughs> to keep people it's within that you space. An, an integrated experience. You feel like you're experiencing one platform mm -hmm. obviously from from our back end point of view we're mm -hmm. working with you know a number of different technologies here to pull all this together mm -hmm. but the user doesn't see that the user, user gets a seamless experience mm -hmm. uh, that makes it feel like they're in this you know virtual event as opposed to as opposed to um, just using different technologies or I think the fact that on the spot they can have a meeting they can drop in mm -hmm. they can book it you know they can go and engage um, alongside speaking about any of the content they've consumed on the day. I think it's a real special aspect of the platform, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a really interesting one to watch, to watch pan out and trying to figure that out, yeah. how we did that one. And you can do it differently as well. So in, uh, you know, the uh, current environment that we're working with, they're set up more as meeting rooms for mm -hmm. other, for other uh, different types of businesses. So I think when we look to have our own event in there, yeah. there's a good chance we'll use those more as breakout rooms. Yeah. So instead of it being a one-on-one -on -one conversation, that might end up being a group conversation with you know a couple of people from BDB, mm -hmm. and then multiple clients and prospects all in the same room, able to chat and ask questions and discuss things together. Again, just like you would um, get on a real event stand. You know, you somebody ended up in a conversation, and somebody else is listening and asks yep. their questions too. And then, in terms of, I guess you know, we're giving a, a very quick overview here, but you've got the receptionist who's kind of guiding you around, who can tell you about your agenda who can direct you in certain ways. We've also got the, the thought leadership kind of auditorium area where you go to view that thought leadership and engage at that level. We've talked around the meeting rooms. Um, we've even talked around the labs that you can create and the space you can create there to bring your expertise to life. But I guess the, the missing piece of the puzzle is what we term the experience hub at the minute, so the main the main mm -hmm. aspect to it. So if you think about once you've done that webinar, imagine, imagine all those visitors that you've dragged in also been able to learn about your products and your services and to bring them to life in a really engaging manner. And this can be an exhibition stand. It doesn't have to be. It could be a room. It can be a building. It can you know, be one of the questions we got asked was, can it be? Uh, yeah. can, we, can we have something on it like a New York skyline, like a rooftop bar? Yeah, if you yeah. want to host yeah. a cocktail <laughs> thing, yeah, you no, it, can it, do. it can literally be designed to fit your needs. Um, but I guess if we stick with the analogy of an exhibition stand for the meantime, because it's probably the easiest one for people to visualise. Um, and housed within the different zones on your stand, just as you have, would have in a physical world, you can place content, products. Um, service overviews um, so I guess sticking with the products if, it, if it's a physical product or a prototype or something that you want to bring to life they can be done in 3d models yeah. that you can pick up engage play pick with up, rotate in any in any see, direction you'd see, like to see it kind of break apart and see what's going on inside it so we, we prepared some examples of that so you can particularly if you're a you know a manufacturer that creates something that's part of a larger whole mm -hmm. then it's great to be able to kind of zoom in let's say it's a automotive for example zoom in on the car and let's see what parts uh, yeah. are relevant to you so like get rid of the roof get rid of everything else that's not relevant let's zoom in on that bolt for example well the prototype is one of the things that i think is really interesting about it and i know you know i realize 3d models have been around for a while but not in this kind of way of bringing it into an environment and into mm -hmm. your world but 
a lot of our clients either don't really have an end product or a prototype, do they? It's, it's either an ingredient, let's just say, that goes into something else. It goes yeah. into a, a protein bar, a protein shake, a, a truffle bomb, whatever else we've looked at recently with various clients. Um, but the, the ability to, because you can build the 3D models or the prototypes already exist for a, a hamburger or whatever it may be, um, the ability to drill down, as you say, and kind of look within a product, I think is, is quite a cool consideration in the B2B space where the natural reaction is, oh, we don't have products. Um, yeah. and we don't have prototypes. Well, not in the real world, but the ability to bring them to life virtually and show them in situ, I think is pretty clever. Yeah. And also the, I guess the, the large scale or miniaturization things around product displays is actually quite interesting as well. So quite often, you know, when we work with Tata Steel, we were asked to put plane wings, uh, vehicle doors, all yeah. these wonderful, wonderful products on a stand and you are limited by the weight of the wall. Uh, I don't the know, height the, the, the height event, of the really event, yeah. the floor space where you could and couldn't drill. And kind of because the virtual visitor is, is literally beyond the limitations of the physical world, it gives you that ability to think differently and think outside the box of how you bring those products to life. Yeah. Um, and thinking about the automotive side of things, the miniaturization aspects I think is quite cool as well sometimes that our clients do do something so small that it almost isn't tangible where you can't engage with it yeah. whereas if virtually again well we, we can shrink it grow it make it bigger and, and, and give the ability to actually engage with that products as well mm-hmm. and then I guess I'm conscious of the time but in terms of the content side of things because content I'd say this is the most important aspect of virtual visitor but we always come to it last probably but in the sense of content marketing and content generally gets a bit of a kick in um, when you can't prove the worth of it. So at a physical event, when you've got a brochure or a flyer or a spec sheet or whatever it may be, how do you know whether that's actually resulted in any, any sales or any tangible yeah. activity other than you've got a bit of a thousand brochures over a day or whatever the, whatever the, the stat may be. Um, so it's kind of hoping that the, some of that turns into business. Now, obviously, some yeah. of it does, and that's why companies tend to go to events, but yeah. you don't have that kind of ability to measure it. And you're also typically only able to share uh, at least for most of the exhibitions I've gone to, kind of that brochure level content yep. where yep. it's people that have already pretty much made the decision. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Virtual Visitor, there's an entire spectrum of content that we can offer to people at all sorts of stages of that, that buying process. Mm-hmm. The, the webinar side of things for people potentially that have um, only just learning about something to raise awareness, to help educate them on a subject through down to the uh, the brochure level mm-hmm. uh, content that might be the last thing that they do before they want to book a meeting or, or get in touch. Yeah. So we have the ability to host all of it, but more importantly, track it and understand who's using what, um, who's accessing what, who's saving what, who's downloading what, so that we can pass all of that into whatever backend systems you might use. Mm-hmm. So things like marketing automation systems or yeah. your CRM like Salesforce, so that you can use that information um, either for follow-up marketing activity or for follow-up uh, sales conversations mm-hmm. to help you have better conversations and better communications going to you know, those people. And I, thi- I think it is those platform analytics and the visitor insights for me that make the platform special again, um, in the sense of you not only know where the visitor's been, how long they've dwelled in the platform for, what content they've engaged with, maybe what they bypassed and what needs optimizing. It gives you that opportunity to improve and optimize over time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having the ability to know exactly what they engage with literally on a zone by zone or product by product or you know, uh, basis is the gold dust that then really does enable you to, to pull people through that sales funnel. Um, so no, I think you touched on it then, but it's, it's a really important point to emphasize that with a lot of clients we work with these days, depending on whether they are trying to generate awareness, interest, desire, action, whatever it may be, 
the sales funnel we speak about in the modern B2B buyer is increasingly complex of getting people, pulling people through it. Um, and a lot of people do want to educate themselves in their own time at a time that suits them. And unless you have a really, really robust content strategy within your business, um, how else do you do that at mm -hmm. the minute? Um, and Virtual Visitor, again, gives you the opportunity to do that, personalize their journey, understand what's working for them, understand what they engage with, but then also pass that seamlessly through um, to the sales team as well. Mm -hmm. So as well as being a, an opportunity to you know, market yourselves and show off your and showcase your products and services or your expertise. I think the value it can offer the sales teams at businesses as well is is strong, really strong. Well, we've set out with that in mind, haven't we? Yeah. I think that's one of the, the big differences is that we've said from the very beginning we want to make a difference to where somebody wants to generate leads and generate business from it. We want to make a meaningful difference to that sales team and we want to be able to evidence that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of helped guide the philosophy of everything that we've done from the very beginning. I think, I think that's probably enough as an introduction to Virtual Visitor. I, what I will say is watch this space. There's going to be some really interesting developments in the months that come and in the run-up to Christmas, um, for sure, as live environments begin to come to life and as the pipeline um, builds further um, and, and we uh, build out our own brand and our own presence. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's something for me that's been a really exciting journey to go on and bringing something that is so new um, to the forefront of uh, you know our clients' imaginations as well, and mm -hmm. have been really interesting working with our clients. So thanks to the clients that have also taken the time to have the meetings with us to stress test things and and challenges as well to think around the issues that we've that we've had so far. So mm -hmm. yeah, watch this space. Um, some exciting times to come. Um, thanks a lot. Thank you.